Hi, Rachel. Hey, Liz. Welcome back. It's great to have you back on. This has been so helpful for me so far. Good. Well, before we get started, why are we here? We are here because we believe that nurturing our ecosystems and each other is the greatest legacy we can leave future generations. We believe that individually we are important and valuable in this process, and together we create community. Nurture begins by nourishing ourselves, both physically and spiritually. Let's grow together. And the mission of Nourishing Liberty is to inspire and empower families and communities to nurture each other and the earth through our choices and interactions. Welcome back to Nourishing Liberty podcast. I am your host, Liz Reitzig, and with us is Rachel. Hello. It's nice to be with you again today, Liz. Thanks so much. And you have some exciting news you wanted to share. Oh, it's not that exciting. <laughs> I'm pregnant. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> not that. Um, but I just wanted to give some feedback on uh, what the last episode helped me think about this week about fast food at home. Um, I got myself stuff for charcuterie plates, lazy, quick and easy charcuterie for quick meals. Um, and I actually... Man, I did not get any fast food this week. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, that, but that's not it. Um, when you said bananas and peanut butter, that really um, clicked with me. And I actually did turn that into one meal one day. I had a banana with peanut butter smeared on it. And then my picky, picky, picky son, Parker, He's still picky at 11 years old, but he asked for something to eat and I made the same thing for him. But for him, because he has a sweet tooth, I put a little drizzle of chocolate sauce on the top. And then I was like, hey, this is not like a fancy dessert. So yeah, bananas, peanut butter, chocolate sauce. <laughs> yum, yum, delicious, yummy. And you know what? That really is like, if you look at it as calories, that really is enough for a meal. Yeah. Calories plus nutrition, right? Because calories are not just calories, they're nutrition. You've got banana, you've got protein in the peanut butter, you've got the fat. I mean, that right there, it is a, it's a meal. Now we're not going to eat that every meal every day, but that is enough. That yeah. is enough. And it's, yeah. it's time that we all start telling ourselves this is enough. It doesn't yeah. have to be fancy. Mm -hmm. Congratulations, Rachel. I'm really proud of you. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, I've also been trying um, HelloFresh. Are you familiar with HelloFresh? Uh, very peripherally familiar. I wouldn't be able to tell you anything about it. I just started that and they send you everything kind of um, measured out how much you need with a recipe. And so you buy meal kits. Um, and I, I don't know what your opinion of those is, but that's been helping me out a little bit for like serious cooking. Um, but anyway, that's a whole other topic. Let's get to yeah. where you want to, where you, you, what, what's our topic for today? Today's topic is about moderating sweets around the holidays. And we have one coming up for us on February 14th. 
Yes, Valentine's Day. That big one, but this really applies. And I want to make sure that it's general enough that we can apply it to any holiday, anytime throughout the year. Birthdays, religious holidays, family holidays, whatever it is that's coming up on your calendar. You know, we look at these things as as parents or as if, if we're trying to maintain a healthy diet, we look at these and we're like, oh, how, how are we going to moderate during this time? Yeah. And so, so that's, that's what, that's the focus for today. I need it. It seems like all holidays really are about candy. And I just, I, I just end up feeling so toxic after a holiday from all of the sugar. It's like overwhelming. It's all around you for Christmas, Valentine's Day, I, I mean, what holiday doesn't revolve around candy? Halloween. And so, cakes oh, and pies yeah. and yeah. all the drinks with added sugar in them and the, um, the excuse of, <laughs> oh, it's just for this occasion. It's just yeah. for this occasion. And that can be such a pervasive excuse that we tell ourselves or that other people tell us and it can, it can lead to excess, right? Yeah. And so this isn't about denying ourselves. This is about planning, all right? Okay. Moderating. And the difference between planning it versus winging it. So if we go into these holidays completely unprepared, we're going to end up having more pie than we thought or having some of this item that we didn't even want to have to begin with. Mm-hmm. And if we go in with a plan, like I'm going to say yes, five times, you know, we're pre-planning what we're going to say yes to five yeses, maybe five yeses. Or one of, one of the ways I like to approach it is create a standard for yourself. So what does that mean? Exactly. I want to tell a story and then I want to swing back to creating the standard. Okay. And the story takes us all the way back <laughs> to uh, a couple hundred years ago, the actually the invention of the cotton gin. So at that Eli time, Whitney. I mean, no, Eli Whitney. <laughs> well, actually, it's it's not like we're, we're going to bring up a name, but it's not going to be his name. Hmm. So at that time, you know, cotton was a, a crop here in America that we are growing. We are growing plenty of. And there was a problem. There's so many cotton seeds, huge problem. Because once, once we had the cotton gin, the processing became quicker than the people who were processing it, which is another whole dark side of our history, right? But then you had this excess cotton seed. What were we gonna do with that cotton seed? It is a waste product. And now at this point, it's an industrial waste product. So uh, Procter & Gamble, they decide, okay, well, we're gonna, we're gonna take some of this oil. So, so already at that time also, some of those cotton seeds are being pressed for oil. And that oil was going to, it was being added to some of the olive oil, added to some of the animal fats, and it was being used as a lighting source. Cotton seed oil? I had no idea that's edible. Well, we're getting to that part, right? Maybe it's not. So, <laughs> I mean, here's, here's where you kind of get into the whole conversation around standards. So Procter & Gamble, they, they have this liquid oil 
And they decide, okay, we're going to invest in this research to make it stable at room temperature so we can use it for candles. Because candles were kind of a business back then, right? This was, think about it, this was pre-light bulb. So they did. And they came up with a stable product. And that was through the hydrogenation process. And then Edison invented the light bulb. And suddenly this thing that they had just invested all this research and all of this chemistry into creating was obsolete. They no longer needed this. So what did they do? Now I'm going to read a a short passage from an article about this. Okay. So this was Proctor and Gamble's invention. They had this, this cheap excess waste product. They'd managed to turn it into candles to make a profit, but now those sales were slumping, what were they gonna do? Well, Crisco, it was packaged and was skillfully marketed as a cheaper alternative to lard. In 1911, Procter & Gamble launched a brilliant campaign to put Crisco into every American household. They produced a recipe book, all of which used Crisco, of course, and gave it away for free. This was unheard of at the time. Advertisements of that era also proclaimed that Crisco was easier to digest, cheaper, and healthier due to its plant origins. But it's cottonseed. Right. That cottonseeds were essentially garbage was not mentioned. Over the next three decades, Crisco and other cottonseed oils dominated the kitchens of America, displacing lard. Now, do you remember what lard is? It is animal fats. It's um, cow. It's beef. Pork. Pork. Tallow pork. is beef fat. Tallow is beef fat. Lard is pork. Okay. Yeah. So there you have the, the, the beginning of fake food, right? This is food produced from an industrial waste product. I think Crisco is nasty. Well. I don't have any in my house. It was, it was very successful. And it, for a long time, it was successful. And not only did a lot of people have it, but it was considered healthier than these animal products. Now, of course, we know trans fats, not so great for us, right? This is the industrialized product. So swinging full circle back around to standards, guess what? The same thing applies to sugar. You have you go someplace, you eat an apple, you eat a mango, you eat a pineapple, you're getting sugar right? These are all, we have so many different kinds of naturally occurring sugar, whether it's fruit sugars or lactose in milk or all kinds of sugars, right? Mm -hmm. The problem is the industrial extraction of these sugars and then repackaging them as something suitable for humans when they're not. Mm -hmm. And so as you're looking and as you're planning, how are you going to eat or how you're going to moderate around these holidays, one standard, one thing you can keep in mind is how is this particular ingredient produced? Pick an ingredient or pick five ingredients. How is it produced? And create a standard around that. Maybe it's not a number. Maybe it's, I'm only going to eat sweets at six o'clock or whatever it is, but whatever your standard is, one of them can be looking at this industrial process and choosing what you're going to have and when. That's really interesting. Um, 
one thing that pops into my head is high fructose corn syrup. I bet you know about high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> well, <laughs> perhaps it is similar to that whole cottonseed example. I mean, that, that would be a really good one, in, in, in my opinion. That would be a really good one to start with. Anything that has high fructose corn syrup, corn syrup in it, could be something you say no thank you to. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know, then if you don't know, same thing, say no thank you. Yeah. You know, and, and that's interesting. I, I was, one of my guilty pleasures is Reese's peanut butter cups, but there are so many healthier alternatives to peanut butter cups. If you like that, there's like those, um, those Justin ones and there's, there's other ones that are, you know, they, they, they're more organic. So you could substitute. You could substitute. Mm -hmm. That, that I, is I'm, one way to practice I'm, the moderation. I'm sure the Reese's peanut butter cup version is terrible for you. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's, it's good, but it could be better. I, I actually like sweets when they're not so sweet. You know, I like really dark chocolate yeah. and I love peanut butter, but it does not need to be loaded with sugar. It really doesn't to taste good. So I, I think things actually taste fancier when they're less sweet. Yeah. You know, I would agree with you on that. And I think cultivating some of those tastes is an, an extra benefit to all of us. I mean, when you just load things up with sugar and salt, you're missing out on so many different flavors and so many nuances. Or when you have like dark chocolate, for example, you're getting some of the benefits of that plant food right there. Yeah. And then when you load it up with sugar, some of that, you know, not so much. Cause first of all, you're not getting as much of the chocolate. You're getting so much more sugar. Second yeah. of all, what is in that sugar? Yeah. You got to know, you got to know these things. It really does drown out the other flavors. You're right. And giving yourself an opportunity. So, so moderation is one way of looking at it, but another way of looking at it is giving yourself this opportunity to explore all these other flavors and all these different profiles of what, what is in our food? What is in our treats? What does that even look like? How can we be creative and fun around these holidays? I keep going back to that creativity and fun part of it because I really believe, Rachel, that we are, are gifted with the ability and the opportunity to have fun with our food. Mm -hmm. It should be. It should be fun and engaging Absolutely. and nourishing, all of these things. Mm -hmm. There's these little um, chocolate mice that I like to make. Mm -hmm. um, you take a maraschino cherry, which I don't know how you feel about maraschino cherries. Probably not the best, but anyway, um, you melt some chocolate and you dip a maraschino cherry um, into the chocolate and then it's got like a tail and then you put a, a Hershey's kiss. I guess you could put something better than a Hershey's kiss, but that shape and that's the nose and little almond slices is the ears. Oh, that they're sounds so, fun. They're so cute, but yeah. I think you could definitely do a, a healthier version of that. You could take like a, instead of a maraschino cherry, like a real cherry. A real cherry, yeah. Or decide that, you know, you're going to stop after 10 or yeah. five or whatever it is, you know, or that that's going to be what you focus on and everything else gets a no thank you, mm -hmm. right? I mean, when you pick your thing, 
and you focus on your, your thing that you get, then it doesn't matter how many candy jars are in the office. That's a no thank you, right? You're focused on the thing you're getting. Mm-hmm. You don't okay. need the candy jar in the office anymore. Right. Or you bring your own candy jar and put healthier options in there. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Now, now one other thing, you know, it's, it's really hard also with kids because uh, children, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to single them out. We don't want them to feel like they're the one kid in their, in their social group that can't have this or doesn't get to participate in the exchange or something like that. And so, I mean, this, this is tough and like different families navigate this in different ways. And, and one of the ways that we've navigated it is the kids get whatever candy, they don't eat it. And then I trade them at the end of the day. Ooh. So I'll, I'll take all of everything that has corn syrup in it and I'll replace it with one thing. I mean, there's not going to be like a one for one replacement that would a little bit defeat the purpose, but I'll pick something that they like that I know they like, and that they know they like, and they'll get that one, maybe a, you know, a whole organic chocolate bar or something that we both appreciate, maybe a bowl of ice cream, right? Which has the milk. It's got the, um, it's got some of those other nutrients in it. And so we'll replace that. And so they'll still have a good experience around it. Mm-hmm. It can be really, really hard navigating these things with children and there are different approaches to it. That's just one. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to need some help, especially when Halloween comes around. Oh my gosh. Because my, my son, Parker, has such a sweet tooth, such a sweet tooth. And it's like, have you seen the movie Elf? Where the, um, I don't uh, think I have. My favorite Christmas movie, but he, he, he's an elf. So he likes sugar. And the, like the five food groups are like syrup and candy and <laughs> sugar and syrup. And he puts all of that on spaghetti and you know, so like the joke is that he likes sweet things and Parker's exactly like that. <laughs> so navigating that kind of thing with Parker is a challenge. It is. It really is. And it's also helpful, I think, to remind ourselves and to remind each other every once in a while that, hey, we are the parents and <laughs> yeah. we can decide what comes into our homes yeah. and we can set these rules and set boundaries. And, and actually that's what we're for, right? Like if our kid wanted to eat lollipops and, um, go ice skating. I mean, I'm just trying to be creative here. Imagining something go ice skating on the, um, halfway frozen lake. Are we going to let them do that? Just because they want to do something doesn't mean that they're going to get to. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And that comes to us looking out for their future health, not just their right now health. But what does it do to set them up for, first of all, what does it do if we set them up for having that, um, having that, uh, interest, shall we say in sugar and constantly feeding that interest versus giving them some sort of boundaries that they can then grow into and then take into their future lives. Like, yeah, you know, if you want to have a candy bar at Valentine's day, let's, let's look at what that looks like. And then how do you say no to yourself? Right. Cause we're not going to be, they're not going to be in our homes forever. That's true. But- and you can't make it so, um, forbidden that they rebel against it and then they grow up and 
they are total sugar fiends because it's been a deprivation their whole right. life. You don't want that either. Right. We don't want that, that whole rubber band effect. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but maybe what they love is making cookies with you in the kitchen. Okay. So we're going to put, we're going to donate all of the candy. We, we find a group to donate it to. And, and then we're going to make cookies together. Now we don't make cookies at Halloween. I do the trade. Um, but other families do, they make something together. Another, another piece of this is it's, it's more peripheral. And again, this goes back into standards, right? Where, um, we get to help normalize something new. Mm-hmm. And right now, this idea of candy at every holiday, cakes, brownies, pies, sugar, 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 cookies, 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 that's, that's normal here in our culture. And we are of the generation, I mean, we all are right now, where we might get to change that for the future generations based on our decisions now. Are we going to continue to normalize this level of sugar intake? Or are we going to say, there are other ways to do this. How about a veggie tray? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that's the norm, then it's no more not the norm or at least moderation. Right. So planning ahead, choosing like planning ahead and choosing how many yeses you're going to give yourself. Um, substitution. What else? Standards. I, I cannot emphasize that one enough. Okay. Pick your standards and then read labels or ask, or if you don't know, like if somebody, if somebody makes cookies and brings them over and it's not somebody you want to ask, Oh, Hey, how did you make these? And you want to just let that one slide by. Okay. Maybe that's one of your, uh, you know, one of your, just take it and say, thank you. Yeah. exactly. But if you can ask, then you know, just find out and maybe everything meets your standards and then it's a, it's good to go. But having those standards and knowing what they are, I mean, think about then like, instead of just, okay, everything goes, then you're just raising the bar a little bit. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't raise it all the way up. Maybe it's not like you're going to go all paleo tomorrow and not have a bit of sugar. That's fine. But, you know, incrementally just recheck in and check in with that where you are with those standards, because not having those standards is what's given us this uh, industrial food society that we're in. Yeah. And I guess you could have a standard as easy as I'm just not going to eat as much as I did last year. Right. Yes, absolutely. Just a little better, a, a little improvement every day. But what is that too? Because to some extent it has to be measurable or we don't know. That's it's right. too easy to lie to ourselves in those cases. It is. It is easy to lie. I'm just going to make this one exception today, right? Uh-huh. And one exception turns into a hundred exceptions. And then it's over. Or I had a rough day. I deserve a treat. And then right. all of a sudden, every day is rough and you get a treat every day. And then it's not really a treat anymore. It's just, that's, that's what you eat. Well, I want to flip that around for a second because I do hear that a lot. And I want to okay. flip that around for one second and say, I've had a rough day. I deserve to treat my body with love and care and respect. True. And that means feeding it, nourishing healthy foods. Yeah. Not running to the first 
sweet or comfort food I can find. Mm-hmm. And you can apply that across the board then. If, if what you deserve is a healthy, vibrant body, and that is what you believe your sister deserves or your mom or your cousin or your partner or whoever it is, then how are you going to treat them? You're going to make them something really nourishing and wholesome and healthy. And again, healthy does and can equal fun and delicious and wonderful. Right. Have to be junk. (laughs) Doesn't at all. It doesn't have to be sweet at all. And it doesn't have to be industrial waste product. And if you want, if you really want sweet, there's fruit. Like you said before, there's, there's sweet things all around us that are not high fructose corn syrup and, uh, you know, terrible quality sugar. Yeah. Or, or have a drop of Crisco in them. Right. Yeah. These are, you know, strawberries dipped in chocolate or maybe some whipped cream. Yes. Yes, exactly. Whipped cream. How is is that not more decadent than uh, Reese's peanut butter cup? It's like way better. Yeah. And it takes a little bit of extra planning, but just a little bit, (laughs) but you deserve that. Like you deserve to give yourself that gift of that little bit of intention and planning going into any holiday or any birthday. Yeah. You know, what I do notice is at those holiday times, when I'm overindulging in too much sugar, my joints actually ache more. Like my body hurts more. And it's because of inflammation. It's because all of that sugar that I'm consuming, it's creating inflammation. And also sugar is cancer food. That's what cancer needs to grow yeah. is sugar. So there's so many reasons. So I, if, if I take a few days off of sugar, like my body feels better. And like, why do you need to treat yourself by making tomorrow miserable? You know? Exactly. And if, if, you know, if you really stand in that mindset of I deserve a healthy, vibrant body. Yeah. And then you proceed from that belief, right? Because that, that treat, it's so momentary. Yeah. And then it's gone. And then it's gone, but yeah, you're saying like you live with the effects of it for several days. Yes, we all do. Right. Yeah. And are we guiding ourselves and our bodies to greater health Mm -hmm. or are we guiding it to diabetes, chronic illness? Yeah. Which way are we going? And, and each choice and each intention that we set takes us one step in either direction. Yeah. And again, you know, this is not about perfection. This is about (laughs) saying ahead of time, this is what I'm going to do. Saying that ahead of time. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You, you, you can indulge a little bit, but put a limit on it. Otherwise, (laughs) you know, it will happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So it's all about mindset. Very much about mindset and then planning, right? We're, we're not going to, we can have the mindset without the planning and that's still not going to get us as far as having the mindset and putting a little bit of planning into it. So that planning could be as simple as the things we've already talked about, which is like decide that you're going to say yes five times and then the rest of it's going to be no thank you mm-hmm. or decide that you're not going to have anything with this ingredient, this ingredient, or this ingredient. 
and just make that decision ahead of time. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So mindset plus planning. It doesn't mean you have to write down every single thing you're going to eat or count your calories or weigh all your food or anything like that. If yeah. you're into that, awesome, do it. But if you're not, then it can be as simple as deciding that nothing with this ingredient is going to be this holiday. That's it. Very simple. Yeah. Simple, not always easy. I know that. What if you're at a situation like a party where there's unhealthy options all around you and you feel like a party pooper, (laughs) not indulging with everyone else, you know? Yeah. I mean, I say you take each one of those as its own situation. If you're not, you know, having some of this mindset and planning in place before you go to each party will help. It will help in those situations. But then if you're somehow caught off guard or something, you know, that's, it's, it's tough. And each one is going to be different. And here's the thing that Rachel, and I love this. No, thank you is a perfectly acceptable answer. It really is. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to make excuses. You can simply say with, with gratitude in your heart and with graciousness, you can simply say, no, thank you. Yeah. That's all you or need not to right now. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you just want to think about it for 15 minutes. Sure. Hey, that's a good one. Not right now. Yeah. Maybe Thanks later. for the offer. Not right now. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, just a touch on this, you know, we don't have to neglect good manners in any of this, right? No, thank you. It's a perfectly valid response and is complete. No, thank you. Yep. Yeah. Because you don't have to explain that you're being good and you don't have to come across as sanctimonious or something or judgmental to, to other people, you know? Yeah, you're right. No, thank you is all you need to say. Yep. Perfectly valid. And it also means that you're, um, you're holding your choices as your own and other people's choices can be their own. Mm-hmm. Like just because they're going to choose one thing that I wouldn't choose doesn't mean any of those choices are inherently good or bad. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to be on a crusade to convince them <laughs> Right. in a situation where it's not socially nice to be preaching at people, especially if it's hard for you to stick to your choice, uh-huh. whether you're, whether it's temptation or whether it's habit or whatever it is, if it's hard for you to stick to your choice, then sometimes that short, simple, no, thank you is even the best thing for yourself. Yeah. And then change the subject. How about that? And then change the subject, right? Like, oh my gosh, look at all this snow on the ground. Exactly. Okay. (laughs) This is good. This is good. (laughs) You have snow? We have snow. Yes. Yes. It is January and we have snow. We got down to 29 degrees overnight here in St. Augustine. (laughs) That's cold for us. You're not impressed. 
I've no, no, I've been hearing about iguanas falling out of trees in Florida. Yeah, yeah. See, their reptiles are cold-blooded and they're not used to the cold. But I mean, what happens is they go like into this hibernatory hibernation state and they will actually fall out of trees because they're in the trees and then they freeze and clump, but they're still alive. <laughs> that must be one of the most interesting aspects of a Florida winter, cold Florida winter. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I haven't seen any. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe I actually asked Nina? Nina lives in uh, St. Pete now, St. Petersburg. And I asked her when I was thinking of moving down and I'm like, do you see alligators everywhere? And she's like, no, <laughs> I just thought they would like line the streets and like be in your driveway. No, <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> from sugar to weather to Florida wildlife. Yeah, to falling iguanas. <laughs> that pretty much concludes our topic for today. And Rachel, you will not be joining us next week. No, I will be in Disney World trying to say no to Mickey Mouse ice cream bars. <laughs> so especially good. I'm going to have to plan out what I'm going to indulge in on vacation. That's another time when you have a lot of opportunities for indulging. So yeah, I, I'm glad that we did this episode before my vacation to Disney so that I can uh, mentally prepare to make some better choices than I would have otherwise. I'm not and saying it'll be perfect, but this is not about perfection. Right, and it's, it's also really important to remember as you're planning and as you're in each situation, how you feel afterwards, right? Because it's so easy to be like, oh, I'm going to do it this one time. I'm not going to worry about how it feels for three days afterwards. But if you can keep that in mind, that will help guide your choices as well. And that's, you know, part of the way nature made us is that we have these amazing feedback mechanisms all built in. We just got to tune into them. Yeah. And if, if you feel bloated and tummy upset and your joints are aching, that's your body telling you something and you need to listen. Exactly. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> yes. Yes. Have, have that self-talk before you leave. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll definitely have some ice cream, I, I think, but you know, I'll eat my vegetables too while I'm there. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I, as you're talking, I'm remembering there was this one time I was at some kind of festival with my children and there was a, um, one of those trucks that had snow cones and my kids were like, Oh, can we get one? Can we get one? Can we get one? And I said, Hmm, let's see, let's go ask them. What are the ingredients? And so we went up to the food truck and I asked them, I said, what, uh, what is in the syrup that you put on the snow cones? And so she handed me the label and I read it out loud to my kids <laughs> and I said, and you know, it's all, it starts with high fructose corn syrup and then it's all these chemically names. And then it's like food coloring this and blue dye that and other kinds of sugar. And I read it and I said, Hmm, how does that sound? And one of my kids put their hand up and said, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite young at the time. And so I, I was going to be really impressed if you had a kid say, no, thank you to that. Well, 
<laughs> you know, I, I, I wanted it to be a teaching point, but um, we, didn't, we didn't have them. I, you know, that didn't meet my preset standards of ingredients yeah. that I would get for something for my children. So we didn't get it. Um, but I thought it was just a, a, a comical moment where, you know, you set out for this, for this teaching point and it turns into this. <laughs> no. Oh, well, we kind of missed that whole lesson there. Uh, but it does make for a fun story later right <laughs> that is great well wish me luck i i will be uh with you in two weeks um looking forward to it and i'll let you know how my indulgences go yes <laughs> and have a wonderful time thank you we will all right rachel bye liz bye-bye